does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Uh, joining us now, by the way, on the hotline, he is in the middle of a season where he has seven catches for 95 yards and a touchdown, has become a reliable target, uh, in particular in that Rams game for Anthony Richardson. And in a busy and crowded tight end room, Drew Ogletree continues to play well when his number is called. He joins us on the program. He's in the company, if you will, Jimmy. Uh, first off, Drew, I've been wanting to ask you this one for a while. You prefer to be known as Andrew or Drew? Uh, Drew. I think the last person to call me Andrew was my grandma, and that was about a couple years ago. So that's the, last, that's the only one. You know what? So my name, I go by Jake, right? And my mm-hmm. birth name is different. And anytime I hear it, I know that I'm either in court, in trouble, or in front of my grandmother or great aunt. And since they both have passed, I've, I'm like, you know what? I don't want anybody calling me that almost as a tribute to them. So that's why I asked, to be honest with you, because I respect that. So, Oh, no, most of I appreciate that. Thank you. Wanted to make sure. Okay, let's begin with this. Um, we talked at the beginning of the year about the fact that this is a crowded tight end room. You guys got some talent. You've got some depth. And it seems as though almost interchangeability. I know you guys get along, but at the same time, there has to be that competitive nature. Has it been tough to know that your number may not be getting called every single time, but you have to be able to to go when it is? And how much has that kind of helped you to stay focused? I mean, for me, um, I don't think it's too hard to stay focused. You know, for me, it's just I've had a long journey in, in my career, so patience is one of my one is very key to me, you know, so, and I know we have guys in the room, we have great athletes, great football players in the room, so, you know, you got to be ready whenever your number's called. Drew, in that same vein, you, the NFL player, not you, the Colt, but you, the NFL player, when you, you know, went through the process of fighting for this dream and, and getting the opportunity to play in the NFL, do you want to one day be viewed in the same light as some of the top tight ends right now, like George Kittle, like Travis Kelsey, like Mark Andrews? Oh, of course. I mean, who doesn't? You know, you work every day. You strive for that, and um, I believe one day I will. I will hear my name up in in there in those regards. But um, until that day, I just got to keep my head down and keep working. Drew, I want to go back a little bit. Well, first off, do you like cold weather? Oh, I'm from Ohio, so you well, know I'm used to the cold weather. I mean, here's the thing. So collegiately, you were a penguin, and before that, in high school, you were a polar bear. So like, you've got. <laughs> I mean, there's no choice here, right? Oh, no choice at all. Yeah, you'll never see me with uh, sleeves out there during the game. <laughs> I was going to say, you're used to this all the way around. Um, for, I, I want to go back even before the Colts, and, and I want to give you the chance to kind of speak to, you know, even though right now most kids are probably in school, but if they're listening to this on a podcast form, you start out and you go to Finley, you're at a smaller school, you transfer for your last year to Youngstown State, which is obviously not Ohio State. I mean, a proud football school, but not a big school, right? Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself in the NFL. Were you almost – how much of having to kind of fight for the respect of getting noticed at smaller schools contributed to where you are? Would you be in the NFL if you just would have immediately gotten a chance at a Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State? You know, honestly, um, i got to say no because – that work ethic coming from Division Two to FCS and then to here is kind of like put a chip on my shoulder. I get overlooked, and I feel like 
shoot, I was one of the best to come out. And I'm like, well, why, why aren't people talking about me? But I know that I got to just, like I said, keep my head down, keep working. And when my time is here, I mean, people, people is going to remember my name. (laughs) When you now find yourself with the Colts and we now know Drew Ogletree that, you know, Gardner Minshew is going to be your quarterback for the next four games, right? Your job is to be ready no matter who's in the huddle. I get that. Mm -hmm. And I think Gardner Minshew is a fine player, you know, and seems like a really good dude. But from a schematic standpoint, just in terms of the scheme, maybe the cadence of, of you know, calling out, play, whatever it might be, how, how are they different, Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew? How, how do you have to alter your approach? Because there has to be something that's different. Not in a bad way, but what is the difference between the two? Um, I think you can kind of just tell uh, how long Gardner's been doing this for. You know, he comes into the huddle, he's very vocal, he knows he's he's very talkative in the huddle you know letting guys know what to be alert for and everything like that so I think that just comes with experience and him having years under his belt but you know he trains every single day like he's a starter even though you know he he says it's Anthony's team which it is but he also trains like he's going to start every single week so I love to see that work ethic out of him can you I think you know Drew Ogletree at least the outside observation, and I think you guys have to know it, that a lot of this year is about the development of Anthony Richardson, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, he's clearly very gifted and was drafted very high and the keys have been handed over to him. And now he, you know, suffers injury again and goes on IR for four games. You missed, of course, your rookie year going on IR when having a knee injury in training camp. Can you give him advice on the mental aspect and how challenging is the mental aspect of being able to see the light in the distance knowing that you are shelved at no fault of yours because your body's not cooperating yeah no it's definitely it's a long dark road but um you can't think about anything negative everything has to be positive you got to come in with a smile on on your face just like he is now and you know you just got to grind knowing that when you do get back out there, your teammates are going to rally around you. And even when you aren't out there, like we're still going to rally around you. You're, you're still one of the guys. You're still one of us. And you're still our quarterback. It's still your team. So, you know, at the end of the day, just stay positive and then you're going to get it rolling because, I mean, i said this before. I think he has the keys to and the talent to be one of the best in the league. Coltstein and Drew Ogletree, nice enough to take some time with us here on Query and Company. Drew, Jake already mentioned you losing your rookie season to injury, but I imagine at least through your rehab and through that process, you spent a lot of time on the mental side of the NFL and kind of getting a year where even though you couldn't play, you were still experiencing what NFL lifestyle and NFL training and the process of getting ready for games was like. How much on the mental side did that help you for kind of a de facto rookie season this year? Oh, it helped me so much. You know, I kind of treated last year as um, like a redshirt year, like I was back in college. So just trying to learn how to be a pro, how to practice like a pro, train like a pro, and then also study, study film like a pro, you know, just learning how to be a pro. And, man, I'm so great. Of course, I didn't want my rookie year to be like that, but I'm so grateful to be in the organization I am and being able to see and watch people um, through last year so I can learn from them. Now I'm fascinated, fascinated, Drew, by mascots, right? Like if I if I was a guy that that tried out for different NFL teams, I, I would literally be there just to get the gear, right? Like I want to keep the sweatshirts and the hats and everything else. Do, do you have more polar bear or penguin stuff? 
Uh, I got more penguin stuff just because, you know, I kind of outgrew my uh, polar bear things. <laughs> Back in the day, I was about 195 pounds, so we up about 70 pounds from there. So it just doesn't fit anymore. What position did you play in high school? I played wide receiver and then free safety. Because we had – okay, let me ask you this question, Drew Ogletree. We were discussing this yesterday. You would be a great person to ask. Mm-hmm. If you were to to take a tally of everybody on, on your Colts roster, all the way across the board, linemen, set, you know, offense, defense, everything, and they were to list the, primary, the, the positions they played in high school, what do you think is the position that the highest number of players played early in their football years, regardless of what position they play professionally? Uh, running back. Yeah. I, I think I, a, lot, a lot of guys play running back or um, linebacker. What about quarterback? I was th- I was saying maybe quarterback because that's what like at a, at a young age that's what's a, the best athlete naturally gets tried out at quarterback. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's a good, that would be a great answer honestly because I, I funny I was backup quarterback in high school so. And then Jelani, I'm trying to think. Jelani Woods was a, was a quarterback in high school, right? Oh, yeah, he was one of the top in the, in the nation, I thought. Right, because we were talking about who the emergency quarterback would be. Um, when it comes to, like, just for example right there, that shows kind of the versatility that is in the tight end room. Do you guys each see between yourself, Moali Cox, you know, Will Mallory, who's a young player, you, you know, Granson. I mean, there's, there's a lot of tight ends there. Do you guys kind of each know – what separates you from the others and what your role is or is it by design everybody has the exact same specification of role I mean we know that we're a little different you know Colin is more speed guy smaller so is Will and then you know me Lonnie and Mo we're the bigger guys that can go out there and run and like we know our roles and we try to play to them and then you know it's just I feel like in our group, we have such a competitive room. We just make each other better every day. Like, if I see Colin do something, I know I want to do it better, and vice versa. What's the most misunderstood thing about your team? Like, and I know that, Drew, every every player says, I don't read the papers, I don't read, you know, Twitter, I don't listen to the radio. I get all that. But what's the one thing that you think is the perception about this year's Colts that you're like, yeah, I don't think that's accurate at all? Um... I think I read a couple of things early in the season, preseason, and they were like, oh, this team be a three-win team, and oh, they won't do good. They'll be a top-10 pick in the draft. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's, that's so crazy because I feel like we have a team that can do great things over here and can make a, make a great run. Where is your area of depth? What is your greatest on the roster aside from tight end? We're going to take that out of the equation. What what area is the one where you go? This is where we are really good. There are a lot of we got a lot of players in that area. I mean, you look at linebacker. I think we have the top three linebackers in the league. Like as a collective group, they're they're so dangerous, man. How much do you? I've always wondered this as well. How much do you talk to your teammates on defense about? In other words. Like when you're lining up and you, you've got a block on, you know, whether it be a run play or a flare play, whatever it might be. And then afterwards, whether it be DeForest Buckner or whether it be Zaire Franklin or whoever, how often do you sit down with them and go, okay, what did you see that I tipped my hand where you knew what we were doing? What did I do wrong? What formations were you able to take advantage of? Like how much can you learn from those guys? And how much do you guys talk to one another in preparation for when you go out and you're going up against somebody else? 
I mean, there's a lot you can learn from the other side of the ball, you know, and they come they come to me and ask the same questions, and I think it's very important, especially uh, as, a team, as a team, because that's how you get better individually, and then you get better individually, you better as a team, but I try to Try to ask the linebackers, what am I doing in cut? Like, what am I doing in my routes that's tipping it off and other things like that? But, man, I'm so grateful for the team that I have here and my teammates. Like, without them, I don't think I'd be the player I am now. Drew Ogletree, Colts tight end, with us on Query and Company. Drew, with how well Zach Moss has played over the last couple of weeks and the impending, well, already return, I guess, but the impending workload ramp up of Jonathan Taylor, what does his addition combined with Zach Moss do for your offense as a whole? Oh man, it's it's dang, scary, dangerous. Cause you, I mean, everyone knows what JT's capable of. And shoot, I've been saying this since last year. I thought Zach Moss was a real deal. It kind of takes two or three guys just to bring him down. Um, man, it's it's they're an explosive duo. That's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> Drew, let's say Jim Irsay comes in the locker room tomorrow. He's like, "Hey guys, we're not gonna sing today, but here's the deal," and he tells you that. You guys are all actually going to drive to Jacksonville, and you're going to drive to Jacksonville in like custom vans where you got to go four to a van and drive down there. You got to pick three teammates to drive down with that you think would be the most fun, the least dirty, you know, the best, the best guys in conversation, and you can't pick tight ends. What three guys are you rolling with? (laughs) Oh, let's see. I'm going to take Grove for sure. Yeah, he'd, and he'd also make you some good food on the way down, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Grove and then um, Tyquan Lewis, put him on the, uh, on the ox. And then, let's see, who else do I want? Give me Pitt. You know, Pitt's, kind of, Pitt's a funny guy. Okay, so so Michael Pittman, Tyquan Lewis, Grover Stewart, better be a big van, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Tyquan Lewis is bringing what to the table? Obviously, Grover Stewart can cook. And seems like a fun personality. Pittman, as you said, is a funny guy. What is it about Tyquan Lewis that, that you like? Oh, yeah, I throw him on the ox. You know, he's, he's got a great music playlist, man. Okay. All right, fair enough. And, and <laughs> lastly then, Drew, would be this. You have a great game. You catch two touchdown passes. As you know, Jim Mercer is a music guy. So mm-hmm. he says to you, Drew, man, like you were balling out there. And so he's going to get any musical act of your choice to play at your birthday party. Who do you pick? Any musical act? Any. Jim Irsay's got the pole, man. He can get somebody, right? I mean. Mm, let's see. I mean, me personally, I got to go Rod Wave, but I'd also take J. Cole for sure. All right. There we go. And then and then make sure that those are on the playlist for the drive down, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, Drew, it's been a pleasure. The name of this show, by the way, is Querying Company. So with your permission, we're going to go ahead and just make you as a member of the company. Um <laughs> And here's the thing. You are, you are, we're going to name you, you are the director of cold climate animal control since you like were both it. a polar bear and a penguin. Is that cool? I like it. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Drew, appreciate it. Good luck down in Jacksonville. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Drew Ogletree tied in for the Indianapolis Colts, officially in the company. I love the fact that they were the polar bears, his high school. It's a great name. Our next guest, by the way, from a personal standpoint, might have waved at me on I-70. I don't know. He was arriving in St. Louis after my, just as I was the last year that I covered the Rams, uh, living in St. Louis, which I enjoyed. Adam Marcelletta was just joining the team. But more importantly, and the reason why we have him on now, he will be on the call this Sunday for the Colts in Jacksonville. And he joins us on the hotline here on the company. Adam, first off, thanks for your time. How are you? 
Yeah, man. Uh, I am outstanding. And I, I think I remember that day I was waving at you. So, <laughs> That's right. Um, hey, man. Good memory like that. Listen, I, I was saying before we get to the Colts, I will tell you, I don't, it was like a year or two ago, I was in St. Louis. And so I went over to Rams Park and it's eerie. I mean, like it literally it looks like they just packed up in, in the middle of the day and like you can still see the faded lines in the parking lot that's like you know mike bart's parking spot and whatever else and i don't know if you've been back by i mean it was a great facility right it was a beautiful area and it's just it's kind of sad it's just decimated now there's nothing there right well i i guess i never thought about it to tell you the truth i i went to st louis uh, one of the last years they were there to do a game, that was really the last time I had been to St. Louis, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't at Rams park. So, well, you're bringing up some, some distant memories, but I, I, I guess I never thought about it. I guess it's empty and just sitting there, right? Yeah. They have the, the practice fields that you guys would have practiced on. They had like a couple of soccer goal, you know, soccer's a big sport in St. Louis. And I think they let yeah. kids like practice soccer there and that's it. I mean, outside of that, there's kind wow. of nothing else in that area. I mean, it's, it was bizarre, yeah. man. It was like, literally it was like a Will Smith zombie movie or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's a shame. Um, hey, let's wow. get to this game as you're prepping for the Colts and Jaguars. And we'll start obviously on the Indianapolis side of things. We now know Anthony Richardson out, Gardner Minshew in. Um, as you were preparing, Adam, and you've obviously already seen the Colts, how are they different with Minshew in terms of from a playbook standpoint? Do they open things up any more with Minshew, do you think, than they than they had done so far with Richardson? Well, it's going to be it's going to be hard to say because he essentially ran the same plays that they had in for Richardson because they're not going to just scrap everything in the middle of the game and then switch. Um, I went back and I watched the, I just finished up watching the Ravens game because I wanted to get a sense of, all right, how, how might they look if, you know, Gardner now is going to be the guy because that was essentially what was going on with the Ravens game. And for the most part, I mean, the quarterback run stuff and, and some of the defensive looks that you're going to get with Richardson isn't going to be there. But for the most part, the offense was very similar. Now, there's a clear difference of both quarterbacks when they're actually in the game playing the game. But as far as schematics, schematics go, it, it was very similar. Now, you have a little bit more down the field developing uh, concepts that, that they ran with Richardson. I don't know if Gardner is, is – as has the upside that that, that Anthony has, um, but for the most part, everything else is their quick game and some of their some of their play action was very similar. Adam Marjoletta joins us. Adam, when you look at everything that happened from an off season standpoint with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor, obviously it was a big deal for the city and the team to have him back out there and them get to a resolution. I know he was limited, and I know Zach Moss kind of stole the show a little bit on Sunday. But what did you make of Jonathan Taylor and his return? Uh, kind of stole the show. Is that? I mean, <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably underselling a little bit there. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Look, it, what an incredible game by by Moss. Look, I think it's you know you didn't get you didn't see much from Taylor. Uh, I think for a multiple amount of reasons. Just you know he hasn't had a lot of real practice, and so um, I think they're going to ease him in. I think it would be silly to go in there and say, okay, Jonathan Taylor's back. He's had a one full practice with us, and then we're going to give him 20 carries. So. You know, I thought it was good to see him out there. But uh, as you said, 
uh, how can you not be impressed with what Zach Moss has done? And, and I, I think I even said it during the game that when I was prepping for this and then I saw that, you know, he was averaging about 93 yards a game rushing. <laughs> I had no idea that, that he was that good and that effective. I know he didn't play in the first game, but, you know, Moss is he's played very well, man. I think if you're a Colts fan, you have to be very pleased. Now, we saw him with the breakaway run. Now, he doesn't have the game-breaking ability that Taylor has. There's no doubt about that. But um, I think you got to be really excited and really happy about what Zach Moss has done. And he's really been an invaluable part of this offense. You know, Adam, I think you would have a, a different eye, not just because you played in the NFL, which right there gives you a different eye, but as a safety, uh, you know, you're kind of the center fielder, right? So you're looking at everything kind of – and I'm assuming that today when you watch football games, you kind of still see it through those same eyes of seeing how plays develop from the back, if you will. With that said, what is your assessment of the Colts' secondary to this point, which is very young but I think has shown some promise? But what do you say? Yeah, it. Uh, oh, give me one second here. I make sure my 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 air my AirPods don't go don't go low on me. Um, no, I think the thing that stood out for me with the Colts is um, their safeties. They got some veteran safeties. They really kind of they, they hold things down. And you got Kenny Moore, who I've always been a huge Kenny Moore fan. As far as just put him in the the category of football player. Um, I was a little concerned going into this last game. Uh, not that, you know, with the two young corners, not that they um, aren't good players, but they're inexperienced. And I did see some things on tape where I said, well, you know, maybe they have some trouble seeing some things with their eyes and their eye discipline. I thought Tennessee would have maybe attacked them a little bit more. So I think just it's a matter for those guys on the edge, uh, uh, speaking of, you know, um, the young corners, just to get more experience and really just get to a place where they can trust what they see. And I just see a little bit of indecision, but if you can get to a place where you see your key, you know your key, and you just go out there and play fast, then I think this defense has some potential. It's one of the reasons I, I really like Gus Bradley and, and the style of defense that he plays. I came from a similar system, and it's not a system that's overly complex as far as a lot of volume and a lot of scheming. They believe in in teaching keys and fundamentals and playing fast and understanding how offenses are going to attack you uh, takes precedence over trying to fool somebody. And so for me, getting a young guy, getting ready to play in this defense, this is the perfect scheme. So I think this defense is going to continue to get better and better. And I do think this secondary uh, does have some potential once the young guys start playing a little faster. Is Zaire Franklin at this point an all-pro linebacker? Is he a is he a product somewhat of system funneling towards him, or is this guy your typical story of slightly overlooked coming into the league and now is just a bulldog magnet for making plays? Yeah, look, I I, I kind of take issue with the you know people like to throw around and, and this isn't directed at you when say somebody's a system player, a system linebacker, or a system quarterback. Everybody's a product of the system. There's very few players that are so good they could play in anything. And so, um, so to me, the system he plays in is irrelevant. I want to see does he play fast and does he make plays? <laughs> and he's absolutely done that. You know, tackle numbers can get skewed a little bit. 
Um, I want to know, are you making impact tackles? Are you making stops? Are you making stuffs? Are you making tackles for a loss? You know, when in that critical tackle, are you making a play? And that's what I've seen Franklin do. Um, look, there's a lot of good backers out there that, that if you say all pro is he, you know, I think he can be in the discussion if he continues to play the way he does. Uh, in the run game, he has been exceptional. In the pass game, you probably, you know, you want to get to that all-pro level, you got to start making plays in the passing games, getting your hands on balls, getting the interceptions. I mean, you saw what the impact, like a guy like Fred Warner had the other night, you know. So he is an outstanding linebacker. And, and just based on his story, um, I love it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for him. And I love seeing guys like that have success. Next level – Get your hands on the football. Almost like, you know, think about what, uh, you know, Shaquille uh, Leonard or Darius or Shaquille Leonard, you know, when he was at his prime, he was making the impact, those takeaway plays, right? That's, that's all pro level stuff. But, I mean, Franklin's playing the run as good as anybody. Adam Archuleta of CBS Sports joins us here on Query and Company. Adam, pivoting to Jacksonville for a second, they start off with that victory over the Colts, improved to 1-0, then they lose two, and they win two, including a gritty win against Buffalo. Are they closer to a team floundering around in the South, or are they closer to the favorites they were projected to be in terms of this division? I think they're closer to to one of the top teams. Um, Look, you never really know. Week one, you just you never know how the first quarter of the season is going to pan out. Um, you know, they had some disappointing games. Um, but what I saw was when I watched the Buffalo game, and then you know, I started watching some of the Atlanta game, uh, what I saw was a team that has the ingredients you're looking for. I saw a team that has a quarterback that's starting to uh, not just be out there and react and have potential, but to a, a quarterback that's, that's playing the game from ahead. Like he's, he's taking that next step where, where, you know, he's really, he's dictating what's going on. Um, he was, he's excellent in that capacity. Um, the way he threw the ball down the field, they have three receivers with over 250 yards of offense. Um, the way he operated under pressure, how many times somebody was free and he just avoided them in the pocket and not only got the ball out, but he was able to strike downfield for big plays. Like to me, that's next level quarterbacking. And so they have that. They have an explosive runner in ETN who's a home run hitter. So they got a guy that uh, not only in the, in the run game, but also in the passing game causes uh, matchup problems. And they're, they have a defense that is starting to come along. They're, they're not there yet because to be that elite defense, I got to see you get after the quarterback a little bit better. You know, they're a little inconsistent rushing the, rushing the quarterback. And then you got to start to take the ball away. But from an offensive standpoint, to me, uh, uh, right now, they're the class of the AFC South, and, and certainly they're going to get better and better as the season goes on. Adam I, Adam Archuleta is our guest. You're going to hear him on the television call for the Colts and Jaguars coming up this weekend. I have been uh, – I'm a huge Clemson fan, open disclaimer, right? So I've seen Trevor Lawrence play. I've talked about it on this show. Um, and I had – you know, coming into the league, obviously we know that he is starting to show that promise. But 
what is it do you think if anything maybe i'm wrong here it just seems like there's still the the last piece missing for trevor lawrence to be to show in fact that he is the guy and he's the guy is just the consistency of it you know what i mean like putting it together one week to the next am i being too critical there um maybe a little bit um i think you got to remember you know his rookie year i i can't count that look one thing that I, I've always known this as a player, but even more so now that I, I get a chance to look at the league globally and I get to see practices and meet people and, and have a lot of great conversation. Coaching matters. The coaching absolutely matters. And, and it, it matters, especially at the quarterback position. And so I think that, that we, we also got to understand that, you know, he's very young in Doug Peterson's system. And so you saw him finally get some stability in year one with Doug, right? And then he started to take, take some steps. And now what I'm seeing is a quarterback that is really starting to see the field and, and starting to play. You don't see him processing in real time. You see him reacting, right? And you see him, you see him turn into a guy that's making plays and, and not really caught off guard by what a defense is doing. So to me, yeah, maybe it's a little bit critical, but um, I, I look at it as a young guy that, you know, had to erase a lot of bad stuff that he was taught in his rookie season that is finally getting coached. He has some really good players around him and he's going out there and just playing ball. And so, uh, I think that he's going to continue to get better and better, and 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 he's got potential to be one of the you know a top five quarterback in this league. Adam Archuleta, uh, Adam Archuleta, last question for you, and I appreciate the time. I I, I do enjoy asking this question because I think it's a good barometer for those of us in Indianapolis because we are in the snow globe of the Colts. So from the outside <laughs> perspective. When you look at Indianapolis, you analyze their roster, you look at the way they're playing, you know, obviously you've got the curveball of the Richardson situation, but give me two teams. Give me two teams in the league right now that, like, if you were to break teams down, that you kind of see as being on par with Indianapolis. So for Colts fans, the national perception of where the Colts are would be the equivalent of which two franchises right now in terms of their level of competitiveness within the league. Oh boy! Now you really put me on the spot. Um, look, I, I, I can't, I can't compare them to a, a, a. I don't like comparing teams to other teams in the league, you know, because it's every team has their own personality. They have their own their own their own growth chart, their own identity, and, and where they're at. And so you look at a team, you know, how are they playing now, and does this team have potential to get better, and then how much better? Do they have? Do they have to get right? And so that's how I judge the Colts. I think, you know, you you really had to be excited about where Anthony Richardson was early. He was much farther along than I thought he was going to be coming out of college, Agreed. just because yeah. of the just because of the rawness. And just you know, as an example, I had Josh Allen, and, and I was wrong about Josh Allen, but I had Josh Allen maybe three or four games his rookie season, and maybe two or three games in his second season. And in those games, I thought to myself, and I told my partner, I said, look, I don't think this kid has it. He has no concepts. Not only is he inaccurate and wild, he doesn't know what is going on out there. Like, he, he literally has no clue. Um, I have not seen that from, from, from Anthony Richardson. I think so from where Anthony is now 
to where Josh is. And I think it's a great comparison because they have similar games. Um, and I think Colts fans would be pretty pleased if he turns out to be like Josh Allen. Where he is now compared to where Josh is, I think he is light years. So to me, I got to be excited. Now, I know the injury thing throws a curveball, but I've got to be excited. I think you have really good coaching on your team. And so you've got those boxes checked. Um, I think you've got a lot of pieces. I'd like to see you get more explosive in the passing game. I think that'll come. And then just get playmakers on defense, guys that can consistently, you know, if you can generate 20 sacks, get a couple guys on your defensive line that combine for 20 sacks and then start taking the ball away, then I think you've got some real potential. But the building blocks um, to be there, I think, are there. We just got to get the young quarterback on the field and playing and getting some reps and experience. Adam Archuleta is the only man born in the state of Wyoming that was not totally sold on Josh Allen from day one. The rest of the state, uh, you can go into any Walmart, and they got Bills jerseys everywhere you look. Uh, Adam, appreciate the time, man, and certainly look forward to the call on Sunday. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Adam Archuleta joining us on the hotline. Appreciate it. And again, the call Sunday. Colts and Jags.